It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight I am showcasing two award winners. Firstly, I'll be talking to Julian and Ashika, founders of the Lekker Food Collection. And then Chris Mellon joins us to tell us about his That's Bangin' podcast, which won Best Podcast at this year's Irish Food Writing Awards. But before we hear from our guests, a reminder that you can make contact with me by emailing s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation, and I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So our first guests this evening are based in Kilkenny. Julian and Ashika are the duo chefs behind the Lekker Food Collection that had three products in the finals at this year's Blossnerin Irish Food Awards, one of which received a silver and one of which received a gold. I spoke to them earlier today to find out more, so let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Julian and Ashika, great to talk to you today. Congratulations on your success at this year's Blossnerin Irish Food Awards. Julian, tell us what you got silver and bronze for this year. So, well, first, thank you. Uh, so, we got um, silver for the milk tarts, which is a South African uh, custard tarts. And then we got bronze on our uh, lemon meringue. And you're saying there that that's a South African dish, and obviously you're from South Africa, Ashika, so that's where that all originated, I would imagine. Yeah, um, it's one of those um, kind of uh, dishes that actually kind of based itself in South Africa because of all the mix of people in South Africa. It's uh, like a combination of spice and milk and dairy, so it's very much a South African kind of thing. Like you wouldn't find this kind of texture um, or taste uh, anywhere else. Like Although you'd have different kind of uh, custard tarts around the world, but this is quite light and creamy, So, and it has a dusting of cinnamon on the top, so it's um, a little bit different from your usual stuff there. Well, you I must, think that's why they liked it. <laughs> well, you must have been delighted that it got a silver award. Yeah, because I think we ended last year as well, and it was in the top five for the finalists. And, and we actually didn't expect uh, a silver uh, this year, but um, yeah, really, really happy. Still, actually, uh, can't believe it a little bit. Like, we look at the awards and think it's really for us, so do we have to give it back? <laughs> Well, congratulations on getting it then. The lemon meringue, um, Julian, you're from France. The patisseries are huge over in France and the bakeries whenever you're standing outside and looking in the window. It's really very difficult to choose which one you're going to go for because they all look so appetizing. So was the lemon meringue pie coming from your side of the business? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's something that uh, I used to do uh or was it 10 years, 15 years ago, uh, kind of uh, after my uh, apprenticeship, and I kind of forgot about it, like the way we were presenting it. And uh, it's only the past this year that I kind of uh, went through uh, pictures on my phone and I just came back to it. I was just like, yeah, I need to bring this back uh, a bit because it's 
it's a bit uh, unusual as a design and as a as the best pairs are in difference mm. like which is, which is make it a bit more unusual than uh than the classic lemon tart you would get anywhere you must have been delighted that you entered it and then it, because it because it got a bronze and i know people are probably wondering you're from south africa ashika and you're from france julian so let's start with you ashika and what brought you to ireland well i came to travel uh, to europe i wasn't intending to stay um, and then i was offered a job here in county clare um, as a head chef and uh, i decided to stay and um, and that was pinty 1 years ago in 2001 and uh, yeah so after that i moved to nice and i started working in, in kilishi house hotel and um, and then every year i i had to make a decision whether i was staying or not and then uh, obviously the decisions were made for me um, and then i met julian of course in kilishi as well and um, yeah but it was more to travel it wasn't really to stay and then ireland was a good place to be at the time i think um, so yeah that's what kind of brought me here basically it was just to travel around the world and julian what about you did you come for the same reasons was it all about travel for you yeah it was well the main thing was to kind of get away from france like and ireland was kind of the first place to reply to me so i just jumped on and took the airplane and chose later i was here and now me have 13 years and together now you're both chefs and together you set up the Lecker food collection a couple of years ago but you were both kind of working at um at the time as well working full time but doing mm-hmm. this on the side so tell me about that journey that led to the Lecker food collection and how it has evolved in a very short space of time well we had planned to open up a place of our own uh, a long time ago but um we were both in full time jobs we had hectic schedules so the timing was quite right but then uh, covid hit in 2019 and we were sitting at home and basically doing nothing and we had a lot of time on our hands like although i would be going back to work from time to time julian was still at home so julian came up with the idea like let's do the farmers markets and maybe do some french pastries and south african stuff from home and uh, so we got the ball rolling and that's where it started and uh, we kind of winged it at first, you know, we, we didn't know what direction we wanted to go and we didn't know what kind of response we would have from essentially only South African and French um, stuff and essentially concentrating on, on the South African side more. But the response has been really, really uh, positive and for us it was a big surprise, like two years later we are sitting here talking to you so it's like massive and to win two awards and be finalists in a food awards of Ireland, it's unbelievable. Like, you know, it's come to this point where we're thinking now we have our own shop as well. So it's like yesterday we started, but at the same time, it's like we've been doing this forever. Like, you know, but obviously like we want to develop our businesses and stuff as well. So you're talking there about the new place you've actually bricks and mortar now that is relatively new because you started as you say at the markets in Kilkenny and Carlo and you still do those yeah we do yeah like our um, like it's it's thanks to them that we managed to have a brick and mortar shop have a proper commercial kitchen so we feel like that's 
no bread and butter. Yeah, no, it's uh, if we didn't Take care of uh, yeah. keep going at the markets, I feel like cheating on them, saying, we got your money now, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. And just not fair. Like, they, they supported us from day one. Uh, like, after maybe one or two weeks, even when uh, everything reopened up, they could have said, we don't need to go to the market anymore. We don't need to support you guys anymore. But, like, people keep supporting us. Mm. Even some of our customers from the markets came to the shop to see what we came up with. Like, they still had to travel maybe half an hour or an hour away, out of their way, on their day off just to come and see what we did. So now it's uh, like, I think it would be really not fair to our customers to say, we don't need you anymore. We, we got what we want. Yeah, because and, like we, we both have quite a loyal following of people. So it will be kind of unloyal of us to just say like, okay, as Julian said, just we've taken your money and bye-bye. We're going to our shop now and forgetting about you guys. But the markets are something that we really, really enjoy doing, to be honest. And like, uh, even you know, when we go get there and the interaction with the with the customers, and as I say, like a lot of them we know already. We know their names. We know what time they're coming. You know, we know what their likes are. We know what to keep for them. So it's that kind of thing that um, I think actually made us popular because we like talking. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's what it is, really. And of course, they're a great way to get feedback and also get yeah. your name and your brand name and your products out there as well. Yeah, like we do uh, markets that are quite diverse and like in different areas of Ireland. Like we're not sticking to one place, but we're not planning to stick to one place anymore. Uh, but um, and the name now is is getting out there a little bit more. I think like people are a little bit more aware of who we are and that we're not just uh, based in Thomastown, but we are doing markets, and that's how we started. And uh, of course, the South African and uh, um, French connection as well. We are picking up a lot of people who have traveled to South Africa uh, or or know French food and uh, want the real thing, you know. And uh, we always make a point of saying that we are former chefs, and uh, we do what we do because we want to do it, not because we have to do it anymore, you know. So yeah. And you also do outside catering and like birthday cakes, wedding cakes. Uh, not as much at the moment. Uh, like it's one side that we didn't push, push too much at the moment yet. Yeah. Like if, if people come to the shop and order something, we will do it. But it's not something that we promoted uh, yet as as much. But uh, yeah, no, it's definitely something that we'll be working. I say in the new year now because yeah. Christmas is coming up. Yeah, we're actually looking to see how Christmas does, uh, what people are looking for in terms of Christmas and stuff as well. Um, and then we can judge, like, you know, what our customers uh, are looking for. If one of the things in the shop is because we don't do traditional cakes, we do more like French ghettos and uh, French pastries and uh, French wedding cakes, rather. Uh, we wouldn't be doing like traditional wedding cakes. People know that we do things a little bit differently. So if they come to us, it would be uh, that kind of thing that we, they would be looking for. Like you could always go to a, a different bakery or a different cake shop and buy your traditional wedding cakes or, you know, your traditional, uh, sorry, traditional kind of sponge of Victoria, Victoria cakes and stuff. But you won't find it with us. <laughs> so our customers know this now. So, yeah, we actually get a lot of people coming in and asking for 
during chocolate mousse uh, ghetto actually uh, so yeah uh, it's becoming a bit popular now so, yeah. it sounds absolutely delicious despite being so busy in the shop and the markets you made time to travel down to Dingle for the awards this year how was that experience for you yeah it was very exciting and just I mean, it's different so a little bit like it feels like seeing your cousins and those kind of like it's almost like having you know that big family Christmas dinner when everybody arrives and you say hello to everyone and it's just yeah it feels like being part of a big family and mm. just having to be able to network with so many people and yeah like to see people such in. a sharp space yeah. of time as well see people in person like you know like yeah. we're talking to you now but like it was different to actually meet you in person and stuff like that like even we met Nevin Maguire and we met uh, uh, Brian McDermott and stuff as well like we've spoken to uh, Brian quite a few times on Zoom but like meeting him in person was like a little bit unreal at the same time but like a very kind of uh, awe in awe of him as well at the same time like even would never like I was a little bit shy to speak <laughs> to him uh, but uh, I said to Judy we have to like we have to we have to go and speak to them at least just to say hello and that was it like you know and we met them uh, actually on our way going coming back home so we stood for a few months and had a quick chat with them and yeah but the thing is as well because it was our first mm. we thought we were going to be there and there'd be like no one that we know mm. But then because we do so many kind of market and events uh, across Ireland in the past two years, we're like, oh, I know you. Mm. Oh, I know you. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Mm. So it was good like this as well to kind of uh, catch up with some people. Yeah. Uh, over And even to see them uh, being uh, in Dingle, mm. meaning they were finalists in, in something when, like, I mean, that was just good as well to, to yeah. see. Yeah, and also, like, sometimes when you lose connection, you know somebody's in the same kind of um, uh, kind of industry as you are, and you're aware of them, but you haven't actually met, but you're aware of their work. It's sometimes, like, it's hard to connect when you're busy all the time. Like, um, like it's probably liking something on Instagram or that kind of thing, but, like, to actually meet some people, uh, for themselves and see what they're really about and, you know, what their product, why the product is like that, um, and what the personality is behind the, the product. So that was nice as well. Um, so like, uh, as you said, we met a few people that we knew already. But, uh, like even we, we managed to uh, catch up uh, with like uh, Bart from uh, Aaron uh, Kilkenny. And like, I mean, he's only 20 minutes of the road. We've done mm-hmm. a few market with him. Uh, up in uh, uh, Kilkenny and it's kind of the first time that we actually talked okay. to each other mm. because like we had a bit of time uh, because it's always just kind of a, you know in the middle of the market sometimes you don't have time to yeah. catch up with people and leave your store but like even being 20 minutes down the road we yeah. never really went to to his bakery and bistro mm. where it was just here we had time to actually chat and and, uh, and speak to each other so mm-hmm. no it was good like this and you were probably delighted that he won the Supreme Champion Award. It's always great when somebody within your own county wins yeah. that ultimate accolade. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Like he... Yeah, I think as well, like um, him being in the same county and even like 20 minutes away, it kind of uh, brought us into focus as well. Like it's, it, and it also there's a, a Sammy who does the tea and she won a silver award uh, for her teas. Like she's in Kilkenny town as well. So 
and a lot of people didn't know that she had a tea shop in um, Kilkenny and she uh, makes her own blends. So it's like the three um, uh, award winners from there, it's kind of kind of brought all of them into focus and, you know, brought the, the sort of Kilkenny kind of group uh, more into awareness and stuff as well. So it's helped all three of us in some way as well. Like, and like we've we've seen maybe some people come into the shop in the last uh, couple of weeks, and uh, they're not really saying anything. But I think it's the intrigue of maybe they've seen us on uh, Instagram or maybe Facebook or some somebody has said something, you know, and they've come in and like our multar has been selling a little bit more than usual, and uh, our meringues always sell, but obviously that that has increased slightly as well. And in the last week, we've had uh, three different chefs walk into our doors. <laughs> we didn't even know that lived in Thomastown or Kilkenny. And yeah, so some, some new faces that we are seeing. So yeah, and that's good as well. So Absolutely. So for a, a food or a drink producer listening that hasn't entered before or just doesn't get what it's all about from seeing information online, what advice would you give to them? Just go for it. Yeah. Even if you don't win anything, yeah. you, you get so much support mm-hmm. that even the following year you might get something because you actually followed everything that mm-hmm. uh, was said to you on how to improve maybe your product or your branding or Something your social media or like anything. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's all about the support that you get after. It's not even just about the award really. Yeah. Like the award is more kind of to say to the customers that you know that's how good our product is, but the support that you actually get behind it is just immense. Mm. I, like it's it's hard to describe how much support you actually get. Like it's not just two months in the year; it's really the whole year you get something yeah. from yeah, kind of February till I mean we're like November now, and it's you still get something going on. Like and the same things going up until December. So, like, it just... Yeah, like, even if you knew something, or, you know, in your head or you had a plan or something, but, like, sometimes you refer back to your information from a blouse and you think, oh, okay, you know, the support that it's coming from there means, like, okay, you're not doing anything wrong, but you're not... You, if Even if you're not doing it right, um, you know, the, the idea of it that you're thinking about uh, things beyond what you would normally think about, you know, and like how Julian says, you know, just go for it. Like it was us as well. Just go for it. Like we, we had nothing to lose really, um, but everything to gain. So yeah. And that's where we are at the moment. That's that's the main thing is that you got nothing to lose. And no no matter what, you get some feedback as well. Well, you better tell the listeners where they can find you in Thomastown in Kilkenny. So we are in Pipe Streets, uh, Thomastown, Kilkenny. Uh, we are around the corner from the main uh, market streets. And uh, we, uh, the way you can find us, you'll see all the South African flags and uh, a couple of French flags outside. Um, and we have actually a sign uh, with uh, pointing in the direction of our shop as well. Uh, but you can't miss it because you're going to smell it. <laughs> Brilliant. And then the markets, what days are you at the markets? So on Friday, we're in uh, Wicklow, in uh, Ashford, uh, from the Good Life Market. And on Saturdays, we're in the uh, Carlo Farmers Market. 
uh, the bus from nine o'clock till two o'clock in the afternoon. And so, yeah, that's where we are at the moment. But then we do the Sable Festival at the end of the month on in two weeks um, in Kilkenny. Um, and then we do a lot of other festivals and events that come up during the year. Um, so, yeah, and we've done, uh, because we are, I'm, I'm South African, we've done uh, quite a few South African gatherings here in the north, uh, sorry, here in the in um, Ireland and in the north. Um, and then, yeah, we actually want to do things a little bit uh, further afield. But uh, for the moment, uh, we keep it kind of local. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, so but we want to expand our our range of uh, products because we want to do kind of more hot food uh, to showcase more of the hot food side of uh, South Africa. Um, and like like what the difference is between uh, between like a shepherd's pie here and a shepherd's pie at home uh, in South Africa. Um, so just the tastes are quite different. So we want people to see this, you know, it's not just shepherd's pie, you know, it, it can be different if you, if you let it in. Because I think a lot of our customers that come in as well, their tastes are quite varied now. Um, people are willing to try different things. Um, so I think, yeah, people are ready for something different. Um, but also like in Safka, there's a lot of new chefs coming out. A lot of younger chefs didn't have the opportunities before. So you're seeing a lot of more of a mix of South African stuff, like more diversity in, in, in their cooking. But of course, a lot of them want to learn how the Europeans do it um, and what's the, the French cuisine like. So the, for them, it's the ultimate is to be French or do the French side of it. But I think we need to showcase the talents of South Africa as well. And for those of us who unfortunately aren't close to you there in Kilkenny, we can always follow you on Instagram and are you in any of the other social media platforms? Uh, so we are on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook, uh, at Lika Food Collection. And then on uh, Twitter, we are uh, at Lika Food uh, Co. underscore uh, IE. The website is uh, .ie. Uh We would like to thank uh, all our customers for the continued support over the past two years because we wouldn't be there without them, either be it at markets or in the shop. we just like to thank them for, for the support that... Uh, they keep giving us. Yeah, and also to all the people along the way that help us, um, like the um, Leo officers, yourselves, um, all the last um, members as well, chefs that we've known in the past as well, <laughs> and anybody for actually pushing um, us as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Listen, lovely to talk to the two of you today. Continued success, and I mm -hmm. hope I'll be able to call to you sometime in the near future. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us on. And uh, yeah, anytime you're welcome. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to the best possible taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, I was talking to Julian and Ashika, who are the duo of chefs behind the Laker Food Collection that enjoyed great success at this year's Blossnaren Irish Food Awards. If you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM 
when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. The podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now we're staying with the award-winning theme and my next guest is one half of the That's Bangin' Food podcast, which won the podcast category at last week's Irish Food Writing Awards. I spoke to Chris yesterday morning to find out more about the podcast. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Chris, great to have you on the best possible taste today and I must congratulate you on your big win at the Irish Food Writing Awards last week because you, along with your fellow podcaster, Marcus O'Leary, won the best podcast award. Tell us what the podcast is called and what it's all about. Uh, Sharon, thanks for having me and thanks for supporting the Irish Food Writing Awards, of course. You are the uh, sponsor of the best podcast this week. So first, I just would like to say thank you and get that out of the way. Um, yeah, That's Banging is the name of the podcast and it's myself from Chris Mellon and Marcus Olera. Um, and we just talk to some of the most interesting food people and not just chefs and you know people that are involved in the industry, but also just people that really love food in Ireland. So we've been doing it now for two years and um, amazing to you know get this recognition and win this award this week. We were up against some other, some other great people that do some great podcasts in Ireland and um, you know felt really good to kind of be recognized uh, just to be nominated. But yeah, That's Banging is all about food and it's all about kind of championing the, the, the great people that are doing great stuff in Ireland. So, you know, whether we're talking to a restaurant owner who we really admire and admire their story and their background, and maybe we'll talk about one of them in a minute or two, but, or maybe it's just like, you know, a great producer that's like, you know, really going above and beyond to make great Irish produce or, you know, whether it's a cheese or, you know, great seafood or just championing something. And we all, we've also talked to musicians and, you know, pop, like podcasters themselves and all sorts of different people. But anyone that really enjoys food, we love to talk to them about food. So that's kind of like, you know, the, the core of that's banging. Marcus is a chef and your background is in food media. So how did the two of you end up coming together to launch the podcast? Yes, so I suppose I'd always kind of ha- really wanted to do a podcast around food, and I'd listened to a lot of UK food. I listened to a lot of UK food podcasts and really enjoyed the likes of Jesse Ware's Table Manners. But at the same time, I thought I could replicate an Irish version of that, but with a bit more in depth to the food knowledge. So it just happened that I knew the perfect co-host in Marcus O'Leary, uh, who I knew as a Dublin chef, a great personality, and I'd been a listener to his podcast before. Um, Marcus has an incredibly smooth, booming voice, you know, and he has a, like a wealth of brilliant food knowledge. So I kind of, I approached Marcus and I was like, here, do you want to get involved in this? I think maybe at the time I was probably unsure whether I had the voice for a podcast. So I was looking for maybe, a, you know, someone that I could really kind of pin questions off and, you know, develop this rapport where we actually think, I think we have a lot of fun doing it now. And that's kind of how I approached Marcus about it. And then, you know, Marcus was like, yeah, it's an amazing idea. Let's do it. And we've been very lucky that, you know, we got strong support from the start by sponsorship and, you know, great facilities to do the podcast and everything else. So um, we we really had a lot of fun doing it, even kind of starting off in studio. But then with season two and, you know, when we won the award last week, um, one of the kind of things that was really mentioned to us was when we got out on the road and we were talking to like some great, we, we went, say, for instance, we went to Gabin to Fingal Ferguson in school in West Cork. And one of the mentions that we got uh, on why we were chosen as the winner of the best podcast was because how cool it sounded to do this podcast at 1am in the barn house in Fingal Ferguson's, uh, you know, farm. So that was really, really cool. And that was kind of like what season two kind of developed into a bit more kind of on the road, 
bit more actually instead of like you know who can we grab into a studio in dublin it's like okay let's go visit these people in different corners of the country and you know talk to them where they where they're from and kind of champion those areas as well so it wasn't only just the fingal ferguson podcast it was a west cork podcast so it was really in, not that west cork podcast as you might have you know it might know the other one but um but yeah just kind of championing everything around the area and all the great producers there there's so many cheese and charcuterie and all these amazing artists and producers in West Cork. It was brilliant. I actually learned so much about, you know, listen to the, listen to the Fingal Ferguson episode if you want to know more. But uh, yeah, I learned a lot during that episode. I did listen to the Fingal Ferguson one actually last week after you'd won the podcast award. And he is such an engaging guest. I've interviewed him myself many years ago and he is just a dream guest because sometimes, as you know, it can be quite challenging to get the conversation flowing because you put that microphone in front of people and all of a sudden they completely change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think my, like, you know, myself and yourself, Sharon, us doing what we kind of do, we maybe we're a little bit more comfortable, but some people, like, you know, I wouldn't say it's blood out of stone, but you do have people that just aren't as engaging. So I think, and that kind of goes down to the hosts as well because they have to kind of like you know you have to make people feel comfortable and you have to kind of like you know I think you start you don't start off with difficult questions well I'd never ask I never really ask difficult questions because the nature of our podcast is everything's quite enjoyable that we ask we're not we're not grilling anyone on something wrong they've done you know so it's kind of more it's really it's really kind of it's just good uh, to kind of talk to people about stuff that they enjoy so but I think when you're talking about food and drink um you know there's a universal love that you have with your guests for this. So it's usually more natural for them to kind of come out of their shells very early. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're on the podcast because they have something really cool to talk about. So, you know, it's it, it's a little bit more easy than it would be kind of maybe in a different style of interview. Did you and Marcus know each other well before you started to do it? I wouldn't have said well. Like, it was probably, you know, we're both, both from Dublin and we're both kind of, like running event, we both run events and we're both really interested in food. So, like, you know, Marcus was a trained, is a trained chef. But he's kind of more, I suppose now he's at, now he has a couple of pubs and um, Marcus still runs a lot of events and he's a DJ as well. But I'm, I'm, an, I'm a club promoter. So I've, you know, um, been involved and in, we've kind of involved in all the same stuff. But like I've only met each other through past a few times. But like I said, I kind of listened to Marcus's podcast and a little bit of his stuff online. I was like, Jesus, that booming chocolate voice. That's great. I want that. Give me that. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it was it was a great, I think we have a great connection now on the podcast and we kind of, we buzz off each other a lot more doing it. It's really interesting what you say about the voice, because whenever I was 17, I did work experience in a radio station in the north of Ireland, where I'm from originally. And the, the head of the radio station told me that nobody wanted to listen to this accent. <laughs> so I had to put all dreams of being on the radio into a box and pack them away and go and do the sensible degree. And a number of years ago, in fact, next year will be 10 years of the of the radio show and the podcast. Um, I, I did some training with the local community radio station here with a view to doing something technical in the background because it was still in my head. Nobody wants to listen to this voice. And everybody else in the training had said, oh, my God, why is up, Sharon? Out of all of us, you have the, the nicest accent. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And they were like, seriously, what sort of show will you do? And I had said, well, I'm not doing a music show because if you saw my CD collection as they were then, um, you'd be absolutely appalled. So I ended up judging at the Great Taste Awards, met Nigel Barden, who was yeah. the judge for the Irish Food Writing Awards podcast category, 
And Nigel was telling me about doing a slot on Radio 4 with Simon Mayo, a food shot, a, a food slot. So whenever I was driving down the road, I said to my my driver, my pal that was driving, I said, God, I wonder if the radio station would let me do a food show because Nigel Barden does something on radio. So maybe maybe that's what I should do. And as they say, the rest is history. So I'm I'm really comforted to hear that you were worried about your accent, which of course you shouldn't be. Yeah, I think, and you know, I, obviously, who who's right to say anything like that about what accents? And I, you know, I think it, well, like everything in the in this world is subjective. And you know, I love certain accents, and I might not be too fond of other ones. But I think I think you know, if you're kind of confident in what you say. You know, maybe people get kind of drawn into like what they hear like in the first minute or two regards an accent, but then it's more about, you know, the body of work that you're saying, isn't it really? So I don't think, you know, accents are a massive thing. But like you said, it's, you know, that was the first kind of thing that came to me. It was maybe, maybe not even my accent as such, but more just, you know, kind of my, you know, how I get the words out. Um, and just kind of, yeah, like, you know, but you just kind of, I think that the longer I'm doing it now, and we actually, when you're talking about Nigel Barden, we got some really good feedback from Nigel, who obviously judged our award at the Podcast Awards. And one of the things that he said was, so obviously we were nominated for in the year before as well for season one, and we didn't win. We, we lost to um, the Great Ladies at Spice Bags podcast. And um, he, one of the things that he said in his notes while we won this year was um, we had this incredible adrenaline, you know, but it was kind of misplaced nearly like uh, in season one where, but then he said, we've really kind of grown and matured into really generous, knowledgeable, knowledgeable podcasters. So it was really kind of good to get that feedback. And then even um, Suzanne Campbell, who is a, uh, who actually creates the Irish Food Writing Awards, she gave me some other feedback off mic, um, well off the, was it wasn't written down on the sheet, but she said to me afterwards, it was constructive criticism from Nigel as well. He kind of talked to us about basically how we do this segment at the start of the show where we kind of talk about where we've eaten this week. And, you know, we're talking about these great restaurants that might be opening in Dublin or somewhere else in Ireland. And, um, but he kind of said, I didn't really, you know, we kind of skipped through a lot of it where we presume that the, um, we presume that the listener knows a bit more than they do. So it's kind of like slow it down a little bit more. So it's really good feedback to get from these judges. And even like, you know, when you look at some of the other judges that were involved in the, in the awards and you hear like Jay Rayner's feedback to um, the cookbooks and stuff like that. And it was really, really, you know, it wasn't just a one line sentence of like, you know, this is why I picked this. It was really, really good feedback. And Suzanne told me she had phone calls with all the judges and, you know, it was incredible. So I think, you know, shout out to Suzanne and um, the rest of the people at the Irish Food Writers Awards because it's great to have something like that in Ireland now. And, you know, also just going to the awards and meeting all these people that you've kind of known their name, like kind of comes back to the podcasting again. You're just meeting people that you might have, uh, you might have admired at one stage and you've read their work. So it's good to kind of put names to faces. They have a really impressive range of judges for the awards. Yeah, massively. Like, you know, like you're talking about, like, you know, Jay Rayner, obviously someone I've admired for a long time. But uh, then there's Reddy Redzeppi, isn't it, in uh, Noma? And, you know, like there was uh, Andy Clark was there the night I met. There's some really, just some really great judges. Like, and some really, and I thought what, what's really interesting as well, a remark was made about how a lot of the judges are from overseas and, our, the Irish food community is so small that it kind of needs judges from overseas because, you know, there's so much bias probably, this, you know, and not, not even just bias, but everyone knows each other in this community. So I do think having judges that kind of have no real connection to it, reading stuff, even though they might know the people they're judging from afar, there's no, per, there's no personal connections. So it was really interesting to kind of get 
you know, judges and like there might have been a few surprise winners as well when you look at some of the big names that might have didn't win possibly. And you know, but I think that's cause because because they're getting judged by people that are just reading it on the body of work that was submitted, and that makes it really, really fair and really, really interesting. I think, which is uh, which makes it you know great because like you know, there's there's many an award ceremony out there where you know there's questionable winners all the time. So I think I I really enjoy that. And once again, you know, it's, it's great to have congratulations to Suzanne and um, everyone involved. Yeah, it definitely gives it a lot of credibility, the fact that the, the judges are from outside of Ireland. And as Suzanne said, on the night of the awards, they've taken a lot of the learnings from the Guild of Food Writers over in the UK and benchmarked with them just to, to make sure that they're doing everything as um as as well as possible. And our your award was the first one. We just barely sat down and it was like the podcast award and we were up. I handed it to you. The photograph was taken and that was it. And I, I had to shut off after the award so I didn't get a chance to talk to you at all. But it sounds like you did a savage amount of networking on the night. Yeah, it's great. Do you know what? I had to shoot off myself because obviously I, ha- I had a big journey uh, on Friday morning then because I was I was coming down to the southwest and I had uh, I still had a little bit of work to do that evening, so I shot off early enough myself. Before now, obviously networking is great at these things, and I all, I would have known you know a lot of great people that were even sitting at my table. Um, so it was great to kind of chat to a few people and catch up because you know often you don't see sort of a lot of people um in the industry for quite some time and you know it's a challenging time for the food and drink industry in ireland so it's good to kind of just chat to people and you know just kind of people are showing support for different industries or different different people in the industry so it was good and yeah just like you said this year like last year i actually got it we uh, went for a few drinks afterwards and i met a few people and done some proper network and you know uh, i won't say any names but good just really good journalists uh, that i kind of had a few drinks with late, like you know maybe later in the evening and we kind of we got down to kind of proper chatting and it's good to kind of do that as well when you're kind of really passionate about the same sort of things with people. Absolutely. Well, listen, tell us a bit more about the events that that you do and the day job, so to speak, because you're a very busy individual with all these other ventures that you're involved in. Yeah, well, I suppose for myself, my my food background kind of started as I was probably one of the original, one of the first, um, you know, food bloggers through social media um so like you know i'm a qualified electrician believe it or not but i've kind of i gave that up a long time ago um and yeah social media kind of gave me a platform i started off you know taking pictures of my dinner like many people did and um but i really kind of like put a bit of focus on it and i just maybe i just ate a lot more food than a lot of people but um i kind of so i started dublin social which is my instagram um you know kind of successful instagram handle i'd say um and that kind of like really kind of bloomed up through just kind of different little events we were doing and all sorts of different stuff and now we kind of have you know quite a substantial following um you know mainly on instagram and tiktok now these days but um yes yeah, so we from that then as well i kind of like launched kind of a food a food consultancy thing where i do a lot of work with restaurants and bars around their um social media handles and just kind of all sorts of digital digital marketing um and then events as well so you just can you briefly mention the events so I kind of suppose what we're kind of really kind of been doing big for the last couple of years is, you know, we, we do these massive events that are like disco brunches, you know, to kind of put it's exactly what it is. Uh, so like every kind of week or every couple of weeks now at the moment, we uh, we have the well on St. Stephen's Green, which is kind of like the biggest room you can kind of find in Dublin in a bar. And we seat like 300 people every couple of weeks. And, you know, 
it's it's a lot of fun. It's like one to five p.m., but it's like you know you're going out and you're having your brunch, you're having a couple of cocktails, and we have like loads of live performers. So we have a big stage built in the room. So it's a proper. It's like it's a dinner and a show, but it's not because it's like one p.m. in the day. But it's uh, it gets pretty loose as well. Like people look, we have like you know. I suppose when we kind of started off, we started off on the back end of the pandemic and it was kind of it wasn't it was an outdoor thing and it was like we we're doing big picnic benches and it was six people to a table at a picnic bench and it was kind of an introduction back into people maybe just enjoying themselves you know and um that kind of started off really well but it just had such you know it just grew legs and um for someone that kind of worked as a nightclub promoter and stuff like that um and kind of walked away from it I kind of just seen this opportunity and we we're very, very lucky, but now it's kind of like, you know, we've done them in different spots around the country. We were at Taste of Dublin this year. We've, um, you know, we've some incredible stuff lined up for 2023, but yeah. So I think, you know, Christmas parties now we're, we're nearly sold out, I suppose for December, like, you know, cause we'll have every week we'll have, you know, 300 people that are kind of like, you know, and it's all, you know, there might be 20 people from one Chris company on the Christmas party than the next and the next and the next, but, uh, but it's an awesome at that. It's also, Hem parties, birthdays, it's everything. So it's just it's just a lot of fun in a room. But yes, yeah, so that's that's under the so obviously that's Dublin social, but it's under the um the category of disco social, we call that. But yeah, and we've also got some amazing um, you know, we do disco, we do the disco brunches every two weeks, and then every once a month we'll do like um a disco drag show, which is um more of a proper show because we have these amazing performers come in, lots of drag drag queens, some burlesque shows. Um, it's really, really interesting and I love it. I really love it. There's so much energy in the room. They're great shows. Um, but yeah, we do them in the well in St. Stephen's Green. Maybe the disco drags are probably once a month and the disco brunches are maybe every couple of weeks. Um, well, they're coming up to the end of the year now, they'll be kind of nearly every week. But uh, yeah, they're great shows. And, you know, like I think I've had many conversations about this with people. You know, as we kind of get a little bit older, not, not a lot of us want to be in nightclubs at 3am anymore. So, you know, for you to have a night out before five o'clock is, is absolutely amazing, you know. And we do have, like, our demographic is is quite that bit older as well, where, you know, we don't really have, well, we have a few, but we don't have that many, you know, girls in their early early 20s coming in. It kind of it kind of goes from like, you know, late 20s into like, you know, we have women coming in in their 70s, like, you know, it's brilliant, like, you know, so... I really enjoy it and it's kind of it is kind of changing how people kind of look at partying as such or where to for lack of a better phrase and outside of the christmas period then the people that come do you have many tourists come to it or is it all irish mainly no so yeah we've kind of like i suppose with tourists we've kind of we've kind of read them on a few of the hen parties coming in from the uk and stuff like that i don't know how they've just they just found us and they've came in so we've had quite a few um I suppose just outside of Dublin as well, we've, we, you know, a lot of the hen parties are coming in from, you know, we have groups of girls coming in from um, Northern Ireland and, you know, other parts of uh, other parts of Ireland. So, and then just a few from the UK as well. So I don't know where they're finding us. It's obviously my brilliant marketing somehow. But, um, they're, uh, they're finding us somewhere in that. But yeah, I think, um, see, the problem in it is like, like, you know, your tourists walking past on the street can't come in because we're usually sold out and there's no walk-in. So it's kind of like, you know, everything's sold in advance. So, they kind of they, you're kind of missing out on that but we're i'm constantly trying to figure out how to you know make them more often and make them better and add more bells and whistles to them so who knows what we'll have in 2023 and tell me about the food what sort of food do you serve for the brunch yeah so it's quite you know with the food obviously when i started these i was you know we're doing a disco brunch i want to make sure that like you know the food is at a certain quality and you know we also you know we're trying to we're trying to serve like 300 people in the space for like maybe 40 minutes because we want to get it we want to get everyone fed in the first hour so, you know, people can, people kind of come in in the first 20 minutes, half an hour, and we want to get everyone fed as quick as possible. So, you know, there's not a performance going on and you're kind of like, 
going into your French toast. So it was all about like, you know, how can we get a really fat, like, you know, you're doing a big wedding, 300 people. So it's how can we do fast food service, but keep it to a really nice quality as well. So we've done so many testing of dishes and so many, you know, and the kitchen that we use in the well is limited in a way because they are a pizza kitchen basically they're a massive kitchen but they're, they have a massive pizza oven in the middle of it so they don't have a they don't have an extraction system so they can't use oil so they can't fry so we have we're quite limited in that respect but we've made it work incredibly so what we think you know there's just so much preparation going in and like you know from early in the morning so it works really well when, when the guests arrive so we believe it or not even though we have you know four or five brunch dishes on the menu most people just want pizza <laughs> i think it's like you know people are there to you know talk to groups of friends they're more into oh yeah we'll just get a pizza you know and it's kind of it is you know we don't we don't have many people coming in, in their twos and trees it's often bigger groups it's often you know the tables of fours probably go first and then you'll always have a group bookings of 25 26 coming in together and we put them all in one place and people come in and they just you know they're they want their they'll have a slice of pizza and they're they're really into their cocktails Sounds absolutely amazing. I'll have to keep a look. Yes, we'll have to get you into a disco brunch sometime soon, sir. <laughs> next time you're in, next time you're in the in Dublin, we'll we'll have to have you in. I'd love it. I'd love it. Well, listen. Tell us now about season three of the podcast because it's nearly in the can, and it'll be. I presume it'll be up online in the next month or so. Yeah. So the way we well, the way we've actually done them in the past is we actually record week to week. And um, I think we're actually going to probably be in that because we're like, then it's like, it's always who's available, who's available this week, who's available this week. So I think what we're going to probably do is we're going to probably do a bulk recording of and try to get as, try get as many great guests as we can over the next couple of weeks on. And then me and Marcus will still record week to week, but we'll only do the 10 minute segment at the start where we kind of catch up on the, the food happenings in Ireland. So that's probably the way we're going to change it for season three. But, you know, we're looking to try go. In season one, we kind of started off with this, it was kind of alternating week to week to, you know, we'd have on, you know, one week we'd have on chef, a chef and the next week we'd have on, you know, Brezzy or like, you know, someone like, you know, magician or something like that, musician. Um, so I think this week, this time we're going to, we're going to try to go for some big names, with some big name chefs. And we've already kind of like reached out to hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have some guests kind of Zoom calling in from, from the UK as well. Some massive names, please God, we can kind of get that sorted in the next week or two. But yeah, I just want to talk to people that are really passionate about food. But like, I want to have the crack as well. So like, you know, we've kind of, we may, we maybe kind of had a few episodes in, in, the, in the earlier seasons where they kind of maybe got a little bit too niche. And I kind of got that from like, you know, my girlfriend and a few other people going, I didn't know what you were talking about, you know, because it was like, we do kind of go off, like, you know, when you have myself and Marcus and maybe someone else that's really passionate about food, but has a really good knowledge of food, we, we could end up talking about stuff that people don't know. So like, I kind of, I've got that feedback now. So I think we're really going to, there won't be any of that in season three. It's going to be a lot more it's going to be a lot more a, a broad audience, I think, because we're going to really open it up to, we might have some like, you know, random celebrities on as well, where like, you know, they, people wouldn't have th- thought that they have any uh, affiliation to food. But then if you love food and you can have, you can talk to me about food and we can have the crack doing it, I'll have you on, you know? So that's where we're kind of going with season three. So I won't mention any names yet, but we could have a couple of superstars. Amazing. Look forward to that. And come here, you mentioned your girlfriend there, but you actually don't have a girlfriend anymore, Chris. Oh, sorry, I have a fiance. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> I have a fiance. She's downstairs now. Um, I don't know where she is. Yeah. So like I said, we're uh, we're in the lovely sheet. The, the, the river sheen is just behind me, just falling down uh, uh, their, their falls, obviously. Um, but yeah, she's downstairs, maybe uh, somewhere on the grounds, just enjoying herself while uh, I, yeah. I have a little Zoom. 
Congratulations on your engagement at the weekend. Before we finish up then, Chris, will you tell us about all these various different social media handles that you have so that people can find you online? Yeah, of course. So um, I think I, spoke, I I have a few, I won't lie, like I said, well, you know, we kind of briefly touched on, I have a finger and a few pies, but um, but basically, yeah, my personal one for Chris Mellon is actually the Magic Cat. But then if you know, if you want to hear about the food news and the food and the food and drink news, it's Dublin Social. And also my cafe is Blackberry D8. So if you're in the Liberties, uh, you know, drop into us. We're in the Dublin Liberties distillery on the bottom floor. So uh, come check that out as well. It's been lovely to talk to you. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your mini break to to do that. And uh, congratulations again on the, the win with the podcast and continued success with it. Sharon, thank you so much for having me. And um, once again, thank you for uh, for being a part of the Irish Food Writing Awards this week. Um, was a great time and hopefully hopefully we'll be able to catch up properly um at the next uh, next year's awards absolutely you're listening to the best possible taste on west limerick 102 fm Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Chris Mellon about his award-winning food podcast That's Bangin'. And earlier on in the programme Julian and Ashika who are the duo of chefs behind the Lecker Food Collection told us about their great success at this year's Blossnerin Irish Food Awards. If you're just tuning in now and you've missed all of that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on my website, SharonNoonan.com, as well as iTunes, the podcast app, and wherever you get your podcasts. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for this evening. Thanks a million to my guests, Julian and Ashika, from the Lager Food Collection and Chris from the That's Bangin' podcast. Until next week, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit.